Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad, all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts. They do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm Adam Russell. Hey, I'm Nick Gambarian. I've remembered to unmute my mic this time. Nailed it. I won't I won't blame Discord. That is what happened yesterday, though. No, it's Discord's fault for sure. They don't do anything <laughs> for us, dude. Such a distraction. They should change the name from Discord to Distraction. How about that? JK. <laughs> We love you. Where would we be without Discord? Uh, divorced and poor. <laughs> so things are much better. Uh, for real, thank you a ton, patrons. Absolutely. We're back. This is the first time we've ever done back-to-back episodes in a week, right? Um, I don't remember, but this warrants it. Yeah. We did do two for some reason at some point like a year and a half ago, but it wasn't back-to-back like this. So. And I want to say really early on when we had the idea for like one quarter portion, I don't remember if those came out during the same week as a real episode. I don't really remember. We were alternating weeks. Okay. And then at some point I was like, wait a minute. If we just call a short episode a regular episode, it counts the same, but I do less work. (laughs) Let's do that. Yeah. So a long one's a long one, a short one's a short one. They're all episodes, whatever. Mm -hmm. It all, you know, it all averages out. Everyone gets their money's worth. Free. Um, <laughs> so we're back to talk more Ahsoka, part three. We did an immediate reaction yesterday. Had a good discussion there. But we left out some fun stuff that we do typically when we're covering a show or a movie. We left out Stolen Plans, which doesn't consist of much this time because there's no real additional cast except for Jason Sandula and some other actors, um, the, the senators, uh, runtime 35 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. so we're not going to get in deep there. We do have the Disney you know Plus description thing, that we'll do. One thing people are talking about, which I don't think there's much to it, um, Sam Witwer is or has been in the credits as additional voices. Mm. Um, but I don't I don't read anything into that. Like as far as like people were like, Sam Witwer, additional voices, that means Marek is Starkiller. And I'm like... I mean, he could be doing the voice under the mask. Yeah. 
Speaking of, really quickly, let's mm-hmm. not go down the rabbit hole, <laughs> but the fact that it's a voice change situation, mm-hmm. like a Kylo Ren or Vader yep. kind of thing, is a big clue. I think so. Potentially. I don't know. Maybe not. Like, if it was just a voice, it'd just be a voice. I mean, I it could think. be uh, like Leia Bush, you know, like you yeah. wouldn't think that that was female when she had her uh, helmet on. So it's Leia. Morak is, is Leia. You heard it here. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> Yeah, I guess there's really nothing else to do in Stolen Plans uh, but the Disney Plus description, and then we'll do Den of Antiquities, probably do a a brief I Love You, I Know, get some comments from the patrons, and we'll get out of here, because the den is actually extensive this time, Mm -hmm. so we'll we'll have a good discussion around that. I'm not going to play the music. Nick, you want to just read the Disney Plus description? I do, so badly. Of this 35-minute episode? Yeah, Hera tangles with New Republic politics while Ahsoka and Sabine Wren voyage to a distant planet. I could confirm... Those things happened. Spoiler. <laughs> they don't tend to lie to us. No, they there, don't. Which is good. A couple things I do want to talk about really quickly. Actually, should we review Bingo? That's good. We only got like one hit. Yeah, I had, I guess you and I had the same hit, which was Jason. And that was my yeah. first hit though. But then somebody brought up in Discord that we could, if we wanted to stretch it a little bit, consider the Loth Wolf, the Loth Wolves, in the painting as hits on the bingo card. I would, I'll personally, in my opinion, will allow that at the end if we don't see a loath wolf and okay. like someone's like one takeaway from winning, yeah. you know, like I'll, right, sure. That's a good deal. <laughs> I back that. Um, TBD. Quick discussion before we get into the den. So there's a moment and I'm, I, th- I feel like we mentioned this yesterday, but there's a moment in the training with Ahsoka and Sabine where, she, you know, Sabine's not getting it. She's got the helmet on, right? She's just, she's just getting played by Ahsoka. But then there's a moment when she seems to actually sense her presence. Because all the other times when they're, they're just back and forth, they're, you know, it's, it's Sabine just swinging and Ahsoka blocking. Yeah. You know, it's not as if Sabine is, is actively trying to, you know, she's on the offensive, right? Mm-hmm. So she's just, just pinata style swinging out into the void. But there is a moment where Ahsoka approaches her from, from behind and Sabine turns very slowly and then strikes. Yeah. And then that's when she catches her off guard, trips her, she falls. And Ahsoka says, anger and frustration are quick to give power, but they also unbalance you. Yep. So are we meant to believe that, that Sabine kind of tapped into the force there by getting angry? Or is that just, you know, a generic like, you know, you... You lose focus, you lose balance when you're angry. Um, I mean, I think it's probably a little vague just to, on purpose, um, mm-hmm. but there's absolutely an argument to say that she tapped into... Why would Ahsoka say that? Because the way it was filmed and she finally got it, mm-hmm. but then Ahsoka said, you know, whatever, anger. And, uh, so I, I, I'll, for fun, I'll say that, yeah, she got a little, <laughs> yeah. she got a little forcey there. I mean, it... It is easy to dismiss as mm-hmm. a rule that applies to real life, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to dismiss. <laughs> I want to. I, I want the fun answer too. I just think she's going to have something. Like they, they keep alluding. You know, Hu Yang just roasting her left and right. Yeah. <laughs> They're alluding to her not having the aptitude. So I don't know if she focuses. If she still will. Mm-hmm. Like not have it or just have a little bit, but I assume she has something. Yeah. 
even if she never pulls the cup, like we mm-hmm. talked about last night, the lessons, the focus, the balance, and the, the sense of maybe, uh, you know, having like a better feel for her place, her, mm-hmm. her like center might be the ultimate lesson. And I don't know, I could see Ahsoka saying something like, you know, something reminiscent of it's not about lifting rocks or whatever, yeah, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It would be cool if she just had one great moment, though. I, I, she has to. I think that that's what we're building up to. It's it's a moment coming. I mean, it, potentially just to maybe throw us off course a little bit, but the one of the few scenes in the trailer that are left are her, are Sabine and Shin lightsaber duel in mm-hmm. the forest, and there's one moment where Sabine is doing this. So, yeah. hey, it could just be a total, like, fart noise moment where it's like, <laughs> you know, like nothing happens, but who knows? Shin also says you have no power. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if that, like, is that going to be a taunt? And mm-hmm. then she, that's when it hits. Yeah. Speaking of that, we should do this one right at the top of the den. Actually, yep, it's the first one. Speaking of the potential of Sabine to, uh, to tap into the dark side. Mm-hmm. Let's do the Den of Antiquities. For over a thousand generations. It is the dark side. Oh gosh. It's a Calicori. A Sith Wayfinder. Dark science. Cloning. Secrets only the Sith knew. Nick, read this first one. We're, we should probably uh, alternate since it's yeah. you know, just the two of us and Let's do mainly it. this. We both contributed. Uh, in the Star Wars character intro, the blue and red colors usually uh, correspond, or the blue colors usually correspond to the good characters and the red ones, the bad characters. Um, except for in the first episode, they were all red. Interesting. Mm, yeah. And then even though the second episode was this debuted the same night, they the second episode alternated. Uh, so episode three, Marek's helmet is blue and Sabine's helmet is red. So we'll see. I don't know. You never know, but... It's, it's just interesting. It's interesting that those are the only two outliers in mm-hmm. this case. Yeah. I mean, it, that's, it's an easy misinterpretation, but I don't know, man. It's suspect. <laughs> and th- there, there's some breadcrumbs. Yeah. I don't know. Let's not speculate too hard. I don't, I don't want to get my head in the wrong space. You yeah. Know? I mean, it, that's like so outside of the story that I don't think that they would put something in that part of the intro you know, it's literally an introduction to Star Wars as a whole. Like, I don't think that they would, they would put something relevant to the story in there. Yeah. All right. This next one, um, the Eye of Scion. Some are suggesting, and this, this is just speculation, but it's, I think it's worth, uh, worth saying, could be a reference to Darth Scion hmm. from, uh, you know, Knights of the Old Republic, Old, Repu- Old Republic days, uh, mentioned several times, and then he's in uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Knights of the Old Republic 2, Sith Lords, sequel to that game. That was his first appearance. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It is cool. a very old ship. Uh, it seems like the, uh, the bridge of it, at least. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem, I don't know. I could be completely wrong, it, but it, it does have that, like, Old Republic, High Republic kind of look, all the gold and everything. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it also, I, I think that properly using legends and, and stuff like that, like, for instance, we'll get to it later, but like Jason Sindula's name is pulled from legends, but yeah. at, just as a reference. So this could be, or as a homage kind of, uh, so yeah, I have Scion could just be a, a name pulled from, from legends. Yeah. Um, 
I want to shout out though. I mean, we, we do talk about, uh, Molly and Alex star Wars explained. I was watching a little bit of their, uh, their post show called the show between shows. And I don't remember if it was a question someone had or if Alex or Molly brought it up, but they said that hypers, the I have sign or the hyperspace ring is so big that like, why does it need to be that big? If the ship is like her Morgan ship is this big. So they were saying, mm. how cool would it be if that ring is so big because it's going to get the Chimera full on just bringing back Thrawn's full ass ship in that oh. ring? How sick is that? That's such yes. a good idea. That's great. I love that. Yeah. So because it is gigantic for a kind, not no reason. Like obviously, the bigger it is, the intention might be that it goes further and faster. But what if it's coming, bringing Thrawn back in his ship? Like his ship is going to be part of his character, right? <laughs> it yeah. is already. Yeah, driving so. a, driving a, a truck with no trailer on it to the <laughs> yeah. destination to pick up the trailer. Yeah, yeah. So oh, that's I great. love that. That would look so badass too. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm I'm on board. All right, so let's get into Sabine's lightsaber training with Ahsoka. Um, real, real life fun fact: Natasha Leo Bordizo is a black belt in Taekwondo. Yep. So she looked pretty natural while you know sparring with uh, with the Soka. Uh, clearly, she's ripped and has guns. She is in shape, as if she's a yeah a black belt. So very cool. Uh, also. With the in that training sequence, the wooden swords uh, that's being used to train are similar to uh, Kenjutsu training swords called Bakken. So I mean, th there's definitely a lot of that vibe going on, even with as the intro to the show, like the the intro theme to the show. It is very I don't know, like uh, like samurai influenced. Yeah, the whole score is super Japanese. All mm -hmm. the uh, the percussion instruments and mm -hmm. string instruments are. I mean, the the clothes, like even the senators are, are yeah. wearing sort of formal Japanese, like kimono style mm -hmm. things. It's, it's so, so spot on. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. Also those, like those, they don't just look like Boken. Like th that's exactly the design. Like that is, yeah. there's something carved on there. That's a little, you know, that's unique for this, but it's usually that, or occasionally there's an, you know, a guard. Mm-hmm just like you would have at the top of a hilt, but it, yeah, it's straight yeah. up just the same kind of like katana, wooden katana thing mm -hmm. that kids train with. Did you notice too when Ahsoka goes and gets those training swords that there are lightsabers in there, like a bunch of lightsabers in that closet? Yeah, I actually took some screenshots and <laughs> sent them to Jason Chiodo to try to figure out if there were any recognizable yeah. hilts, but he said they're all um, they're all new designs, which is kind of what I was picking up, but there are a lot of familiar um pieces you know mm -hmm. the, some of the same are designed around the same kind of found parts like the uh the calculator bubble yeah and a little bit of a graphlex kind of look here and there mm -hmm. but i don't know awesome designs from what i can tell yeah uh hu yang calling out lightsaber positions is reminiscent of kanan training sabine and rebels as well as more recently for us the armorer calling out uh in whatever what is it called mandoa language yeah Man mandalorian language mm -hmm. uh with while she was training Din Djarin with the with the dark saber um i had never heard these but they were ki ray gai ki ki se yo ki and yate so if it's the same thing if it's supposed to be the same thing as 
when Kanan was training Sabine, it's literally just one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Also, so I did a brief bit of research to see if these were based on Japanese words or if they were based on some actual, um, um, sorry, what's the, what's the discipline called again? Kenjutsu. Kenjutsu. Yeah. Um, there's also, uh, what's the other Japanese sword, uh, training thing where the, it's, it's almost like Japanese, um, fencing. Anyway, it's neither of those, but I did go look at the translations and some of it I recognize from like the tiny bit of Japanese I know. And it's very much like left up, right mm -hmm. down, you know, yeah. things like that. It's, it's position based, mm -hmm. but then the ones from Kendo is the other one. Those are like, uh, paper cut, you know, um, <laughs> nice. like pen, pen touch or something, you know, it's yeah. like, it's very much about like, um, writing and maybe calligraphy based on that. But none yeah. of the words were, were close enough that mm -hmm. it seemed like they were even references and none of these translated to anything. So who knows? Maybe we'll find out. Mm -hmm. The one thing that the next one, something that doesn't have a translation, but it's, it's a like kind of a, a respelling of different, of a different word of a different word. The, the training exercise that Ahsoka suggests, which ends up being the, the one with the helmet, she calls it Zatochi. This is uh, the name for the, this style of training with the blind training the Padawans do in, in the prequels. It's what Luke does with Obi-Wan in the Falcon. And it's named after uh, a, fic a fictional blind swordsman from the Japanese series of films, books, TV series called uh, Zatoichi. Yeah, just Zatoichi is the name of it. Um, and there's, there's, I mean, like a ton of these apparently. Like who knows how many dozens of books. The, the show was in the 70s. There's uh, an early 2000s adaptation in a film. And there's so much influence from this specifically in addition to all the, um, the Kurosawa stuff that it goes as far as to pull or whether, whether it was Lucas or, um, or Filoni, they went as far as to pull Ahsoka's Shoto uh, lightsaber style, the, the backhanded version from that as well, the, the lead character, Zatoichi. Um, that, that's his style with his katana. We talked about yesterday how, you know, the visor covering the eyes is very much like, like Luke in A New Hope. And then the line, same thing, almost verbat verbatim, I can't see how am I supposed to fight. So... It is a callback to Star Wars, but it also has this like deep Japanese cinema um, foundation as well. Yeah, and for her also, uh, I don't know. It's it's a little, I don't know if it's meta or just annoying. It's one of the two because she knew Kanan. Kanan couldn't see, and he fought. Yeah. So why would she say that when she knows that there's a Jedi using the Force to basically see, for lack of a better term? So it's it's kind of just it it made it kind of set up the point in the scene but really in the overarching like story of sabine training she should know that the force helps you see or feel or however you want to put it i mean i guess in her position at this point she's so frustrated about the fact that she can't or thinks she can't wield the force i mean maybe that would be a good time to reference kanan like hey i'm not kanan i can't do this yeah but then it, they'd have to throw in a bunch of exposition about who the hell Kanan is and all that kind of crap, and they're probably saving that for later. Yeah. Um, let's see. There's also... Oh, we should mention this. In that... that um, uh, what do you call it? Like the cabinet where all the lightsabers are that you mentioned. There are also three training remotes in there. Did you mention that? No. Just the Just sabers. like the ones that, that Luke used with uh, Obi-Wan. Mm -hmm. A little bigger, looks like. And we, we've seen that elsewhere in, um, in animation, different things saw it in the one in, in the Falcon in um, 
Force Awakens, right? How big was the one that Grogu was training with in that Boba Fett episode with Luke? I feel like that was bigger, but I could be wrong. Luke held it in his hand, right? I don't remember. Either way, it could just be, yeah. I don't know, the angle. They, they seemed bigger. Um, mm-hmm. So on the helmet that she puts on, there's a symbol on this. I don't know if you looked closely at it or if it made you think anything, but I'm going to share my screen here. It is really reminiscent of the, the old Republic logo, the old Jedi Order logo, but it's simplified. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, it did have this basic. That's the only thing that when, I, when people were talking about it. It did have a basic like Jedi logo shape to it. Yeah, here it is. Very similar. So my interpretation, I, I saw something on YouTube, someone trying to say that it looks like this symbol, but everything else is worn off. Mm-hmm. But I, this looks very deliberate to me. It doesn't look that worn. It looks like... It's so simplified that, you know, because it, for anyone who's just listening, the old, it's almost like the Phoenix logo. It looks a little uh, Rebel Alliance meets the, the, uh, the prequel era Jedi symbol. Mm-hmm. It's got multiple feathers. It's got this kind of thin neck and sort of a star up in the middle. The logo on Sabine's helmet is just two wings, almost like two big feathers and the star in the middle, no neck. There aren't the one, two, three, four feathers on each side. There's not the the base. So my interpretation would be maybe it's meant to, to be like a not yet fully mature, not, mm-hmm. not fully grown into the force type of symbol, you know, for a Padawan or a, yeah. or a youngling. Pretty sick. I'm putting that symbol on something. I know that. <laughs> That's it for the training. We hit all that, right? Yep. Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad, all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts, they do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Take it from here. Uh, One of the symbols on the floor of the dojo, dining room, war room of the ship looks a lot like the High Republic symbol. Pretty damn cool. I wonder, it's weird. I mean, the High Republic's a couple hundred years before all this. So if something, a droid like Hu Yang could be 25,000 years old. I mean, Mm -hmm. who's to say that her her ship isn't High Republic era? Who knows? Yeah, those were around like in in the prequels, right? But they're... I don't know. Maybe it's a super old design. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? Or it could be made. It could be a new ship with parts from 
the old republic or, or the high republic. Sorry, um, who knows? I, there might be a, a canon history of her ship um, uh, in a book or comic that I'm unsure of, but right. it definitely resembles that. Uh, this next one was known because of the trailer. This isn't new, but because it was in this episode, we'll mention it. But uh, Senator Hamado Ziono is father to Kazuda Ziono, which is the main character in the animated show Star Wars Resistance. That's worth mentioning just because of the connection. Uh, Star Wars Resistance wasn't something I watched more than like three or four episodes of, and I don't really know too many people who have watched it. That one takes a real discipline to get through because it's not like oh watch the clone wars you'll just get through it you know like there's some great stuff in there resistance is very much so like actually geared for younger people i'm almost all the way through the first season Mm -hmm. it's taken me three years yeah exactly (laughs) watch it when i go to bed and i'm like what's that what's happening it's yeah, good. There's not, there's not an episode cool, or two that you're like, you have to watch this. It's the, it's not like the end of season two of Rebels or Mortis Arc or anything. Like, there's nothing like that in, in that show. Not yet. Not for me. It's just a straight up kid show. Mm-hmm. It would be cool. I don't know uh, if I was a kid. So <laughs> Ziono is, is that, um, is that the name that, that she says, you know, is, is, mm-hmm. is in the meeting like before she comes yep. in, right? Yep. Okay. Like, I look out for this guy. It'd be interesting if we get any backstory on why there's that tension. Yeah. I know in the show, I, I want to say he, the father wasn't very stoked on the son being a part of the resistance. So yeah. that might, and clearly he's a little, uh, he's, he's a savory character already, you know, yeah. on that whole, on all of those senators that were with Chancellor Mothma, everyone was kind of like, eh, who cares, yeah. you know? Yeah. This next one we uh, we mentioned earlier, but mm-hmm. Jason Sandula, J A C E N. So for anyone who's like Jason, like Jason and Freddie and stuff like like the Earth name, J A C E N. Um, Jason Sandula's namesake is a tribute to Star Wars Legends character Jason Solo, son of Han Solo and Leia. Yep. And you you also mentioned this. One of us mentioned this yesterday as well. Mm-hmm. House Wren, Sabine Wren. House Wren is a distant descendant of House Vizsla. You would re- hopefully recognize the name Vizsla from The Mandalorian. And um, Tar Vizsla was, um, is like the kind of like the, the original Mandalorian in a way. Mm-hmm. Like this, this almost like prophetic figure. It was the only Mandalorian who was also a Jedi. There's a scene in, it's Clone Wars, no, or is it Rebels? Where there's, there's like an animation flashback. They're looking at a... Uh, it's Clone Wars, right? They're looking at like a mural on a wall and it's, or like almost like a cave painting of, of Tar Vizsla. And then that animates as someone's voicing yeah. over the, the story I can picture of it. that. I don't remember if it's Clone Wars or Rebels. I think it's Clone Wars. Point being, there's some force sensitivity in the bloodline. So it's not completely outlandish to suggest that maybe Sabine has some of that in her and it's just been repressed by her Mandalorian upbringing because that dude wasn't, was an outlier. It's not like there have been, you know, force sensitive Mandalorians here and there who trained to be Jedi over, over the ages. He was like the only one. And there, then there was all this history of, mm-hmm. of conflict between the Jedi and the Mandalorians. So it's, um, I don't know. There's a lot of potential there. I think it's cool. I'm excited to see how it plays out. Like I said, I think there'll be some sort of force connection for Sabine, but we'll see what, uh, how heavy of a connection it is. Uh, Shin and company ships, 
Moving on. Shin and Company's ships are new to canon. The closest looking ship to it would be from the Clone Wars era, which is a Bell, Bell Boulab 22 Starfighter. Kind of just almost looks like pod racy ish, you know, mm-hmm. where like the engines are kind of towards the front. Um, and another thing we mentioned, not only was the, what we mentioned yesterday, not only was the dogfight scene very World War II, which harkens all the way back to George's original uh, influence um, for all the, the the starfighter scenes in the original trilogy, uh, but the ships themselves seemed like they were World War II inspired, just the way yeah. they looked, painted, uh, a lot of the the grills on them, I think Mike mentioned yesterday. Yeah. Um, the so. grill, it's almost like, you know, it's got this, the big circular opening, almost like an air intake. It's almost like mm-hmm. they just took the propeller off. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's the design. Let's see, speaking of uh, ships and things in them, the headset that Sabine uses, we mentioned this yesterday as well, is really similar to the headsets in the Millennium Falcon. She puts on kind of the white one, there's the wire down the side, just like when you know Luke gets in the gunner's seat. And then Shin's headset with the, the headband across the top closely resembles the, um, the headsets in the Jedi Starfighters in the prequels, like the ones you see on Anakin and Obi-Wan at the beginning of uh, Revenge of the Sith, most prominently. the uh, this is where the fun begins line. Yeah. That's the headset right there. Another clue-ish kind of sort of maybe breadcrumbs if things flip. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Done, I'm done with that for now. <laughs> and lastly, did we mention this yesterday? Ahsoka, her move when she uh, kind of did that arc jump and did sort of a, almost like a, uh, a, I don't know if air, we mentioned it, but we're an all aerial, thinking right? <laughs> a cartwheel without hands. Is that called mm-hmm. an aerial? Yeah, she does that and and slices the ship with her lightsaber. Mm-hmm. It just like Ray's move in uh, Rise of Skywalker with um, Kylo Ren's Tie Fighter. I thought it was sick. If you don't like Ray, sorry for your loss. I liked Ray's better. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ray did like a like a twist, and she wasn't in space. It's got to be harder. At, there you go. People are furious right now. <laughs> and that's it for the den. Should we do? I love you. I know we're gonna pick some stuff hey patrons in the chat give us some of your favorite scenes could be one it could be many oh we should also mention um masaccio 87 in discord said also that kind of multi-use room in Mm -hmm. in ahsoka's ship has a very jedi council chamber look to it as well the way it's circular Mm -hmm. and it's got those symbols around it you know that's the the design language that kind of spills over yeah through everything from that era and while we're waiting for uh, the Discord to give us their favorite quotes or scenes or whatever, you've been doing a lot of work on the trailer. You posted another one today where you black you blacked out or black and whited um, all the scenes from the trailer that we've seen already. And what would you estimate we've seen? 95% at this point? Um, the number of scenes... We, we've, we've probably seen 75%. Like the amount of time screen time is still, yeah. like they put a lot of screen time into those few fights. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some that they reused and mirrored. So I have that in there kind of doubled, but yeah. So strange. Like if there's a scene count, I could go through and do that. It's probably 75%. Yeah. And whatever is left are things we've seen, like uh, locations we've seen. Yeah. Most of it's lightsaber battles, either Ahsoka and... Balin in the star map, Shin and Sabine in the forest, Thrawn on... On the ship. On the ship, on on Morgan's ship. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see now that we, like, why is Thrawn wearing what he's wearing in the trailer? You know, like, that's that seems, a, there's kind of no empire to come back from, too, I guess. Yeah, but I It's kind of just a familiar thing. I just wonder what, do you think the first time we see him, he's wearing that? <laughs> I would guess no. I, I get the vibe that it's going to be like Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny where it's like business time and he suits up and he puts on the old Nazi garb, essentially. You know? Yeah. Because he walks onto that bridge with purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and there it is. Like, he, they're going to go get him in that thing. Mm-hmm. It's the same bridge. It's, it doesn't just look like it. It's, it's essentially the same shot as when Morgan first yeah. is seen on there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going down. It's going down for real. I love you. I know. All right, we got some stuff from the Discord. Cat H says her favorite quote is Sabine saying, that was a good trick, got any more? And Ahsoka immediately spins. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. That's a den of antiquities bit. Yeah. MC Rocco says dogfight always. I mean, it, it, the space battles just look so good. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine, like, I can't even, like, nitpick when it comes to them. They look cinematic. They look movie quality. I know this is a complete contradiction to my entire approach to this podcast, but I do have one nitpick. Let's hear it. There are a few approaches when they're firing on the enemy ships and vice versa. They're being fired on. And it's from the perspective of the ship who's firing and pursuing the other ship. You assume that they pull away when they get too close. They approach really fast, fire and pull away. Right. But they don't, but, but they cut before the pull-away happens. So it looks like they're about to rear-end the ships oh, like okay. three times. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just like white-knuckling like a passenger, yeah. you know, in like a bad Uber driver situation. So uh, that's not like, that's not a nitpick on the, the show itself, but it's more like, hey, man, stop giving me anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Get me out of this bad Uber. Cost uh, 5702 says the dogfight was their favorite also. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Heath says it's Ahsoka deflecting the blaster bolts in space. And then the super space aerial. Absolutely. Uh, the blue guy, 808, favorite scene says, uh, oh, this is a good one. Uh, Hu Yang, what, what did I miss? Ahsoka says, we almost died to being <laughs> multiple times. And Hu Yang says, ah, oh, yes, standard operating procedure. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. What do you got? I think... Let's do this. Let's do something different since it's just the two of us. Let's try to guess each other's favorite scenes. <laughs> you want to guess mine first or vice versa? Your favorite scene. Hmm. I don't want too much dead air, so I'm just going to say <laughs> I think the training scene. Nailed it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's it. 100%. Okay. I know mine already, so. So, but I'll, I'll be specific. Um, the, the lightsaber training scene. Mm-hmm. I, I do love the the discussion at the table with the, with the cup when she pulls the cup with the force. I, that was a, like a major goosebumps moment when she just, cause we've never really seen Ahsoka just do something casual like that. Like a mm-hmm. slow pull with the force. It's always in battle or some kind of crap. Yeah. So I, I thought that was so sweet. And I just love her demeanor overall. She's got this like grown, mature, slow, methodical kind of mm-hmm. just grown up version of Ahsoka that I love. So that was great. But the training itself since I'm such a sucker for Japanese culture and samurai stuff, just just even talking about it, goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yours, dogfight? No? I mean, I guess technically it's the Purgle, the Purgle dogfight. Nice, okay. The Purgles Sick. are just 
man, that made me so happy seeing them. Like little kid, like <laughs> the second yeah. you saw them. <laughs> yeah. Is it surprising to you? Like when I'm going back through the trailer footage, I'm obviously like dissecting it frame by frame now. Is it surprising to you that the trailer straight up has obviously the pergola in it in the middle of a dogfight? Um, like the main trailer had it? couple of them actually i don't know i haven't thought about it because i've seen them in there i figure if you're going to get ezra and thrawn the perg will have to be in it yeah. they alluded to it twice in other series yeah so i i just feel like that's known it's known enough that you don't need a reveal i don't know maybe they were kind of dropping a little appetizer for people who they they were worried maybe wouldn't be comfortable with the idea of space whales mm -hmm. yeah to give them some time to process it and look it up maybe yeah because it is a, a weird concept i do like that hu yang called them star whales that's that kind of yeah yeah interesting kind of a little cooler than space whales yeah space whales se seems derogatory like oh there's space <laughs> whales <laughs> cool space whales out yeah. there star whales is sick i also thought it was interesting that sabine just referred to them as those creatures mm -hmm. she didn't know the name of them after yeah. all these years mm -hmm. i don't know maybe that maybe that was just a a little bit to help the exposition i don't know yeah either way dope incredible episode loved it even better the second time and and then the the third time dissecting it i could watch that training scene over and over all day long that's my stuff mm -hmm. all right patrons thanks again for being here with us and um next week we're probably gonna do the same thing nick has uh, some touring stuff coming up I'm going to try to make it work. Yeah, I won't be around next week. I'll be flying uh, to Nashville. But then, kind of exciting, as long as we can figure it out, the following week I'll be in St. Louis the day that Ahsoka Episode 5 comes out. So I'll be seeing yeah. yo ass. My ass. You're <laughs> only going to see my ass, though. Yeah. I won't let you see the rest. It's going to be like a, like a burka, but with just a butt cut out. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be able to see, but you'll be able to see my ass. It's Adam's ass. Yeah, you'll know, you'll know exactly what it looks like. You'll be able to recognize it. <laughs> Great Star Wars podcast. Great way to end it. Um, everybody, thanks again. Thanks for watching. If you're watching and you haven't hit subscribe yet on YouTube, please hit it. If you're listening and you haven't gone to YouTube to subscribe, please do that also. It really helps us. We're trying to build YouTube because that's what we do now. Apparently, we're all talk shows. So thanks for watching The View or A Good Morning America, whatever you consider this. Oprah. This is definitely Oprah. <laughs> thanks for watching this episode of Oprah. <laughs> and until next week. May the force be with you. If you enjoy Thank the Maker, you can support us by following and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or you can support us directly at patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod, where you can get access to our Discord server, exclusive content, exclusive merch, our recording live stream, and more. Our patrons quite literally make Thank the Maker possible. 